Welcome to another episode of Tech Writer Voices, a podcast about all the latest trends in the field of technical communication. We're online at idratherbewriting.com. I'm your host, Tom Johnson, a technical communicator based in Salt Lake City, Utah. Today, I'm talking with Bogo Vadovic, a change management, user experience, project management expert based in Berlin, Germany. If you've ever attended the Trends panel at the STC annual conference, you may have heard Bogo speak. He has a candid, informative perspective on the value that tech writers need to bring to an organization to thrive. And in this podcast, we talk about the role that the technical writer needs to play in a company and why the technical writer's writing skills are often accepted but not respected. We talk about why a tech writer needs to do more than just what he or she is told, and why changing the name from writer to some other title, such as information architect, isn't alone enough to make a transformation. And we also talk about what happens when writers begin to do more. For more information on BOGO, see his site at bovacon.com. That's B as in boy, O-V as in uh, vampire, acon.com. You can tell I don't have the military background to know the the exact letter letter names. All right. Um, I really enjoyed this interview. I feel like Bogo has some excellent information and advice that we should all definitely take into um, our daily our daily jobs and how we go about them. It will really change your perspective. Okay, let's go to the interview. Bogo, before we be we begin, or actually to begin this off, um, first of all, thanks for agreeing to this interview. And I know you're in Germany, and I was looking at your site, and I've seen you speak at some of the some of the STC conferences, especially about trends and the future direction of the STC. And so that's really the direction I I, I want to hear your perspective about. But first, can you tell me a little bit about what you do? You ha- you have a lot of different services that you offer on your site. Yeah, definitely. I'm I like to call myself sort of a, a technical writer who, um, who who basically never was a very good writer. I also was a programmer and never was a very good programmer. So um, I'm trying to find something where I'm good at, and in the meantime, as I'm trying to find something, I'm trying lots of different things. Um, so what what I'm doing now mostly in the last couple of years is, um, uh, has mostly been my job is lots of project management, lots of change management, change management in the sense of um, company reorganization, changing business processes, um, providing training for the new business processes, but mostly doing really redesign of how the companies work. And I also do lots of uh, usability work and user experience work. Uh, this is what, you also, what I also graduated in, um, doing user interface design, but also complete, complete system design from, from the very beginning, meaning requirements analysis down to, to, the, uh, to specification and then um, helping the developers to also develop the system. So let's go back 15 years when you were first starting out in the field in IT. What, what was your first role? Were you a, a technical writer somewhere? Um, w- when I started, I started as a software engineer. I uh, studied software engineering and then started to work in Slovenia, where I come from, at, um, at a company 
that developed software products for Hewlett Packard and um, some other major companies. So I started as a software engineer, software architect, and then um, relatively quickly moved more into user interface design and usability work. Um, and since at the company, part of our work um, has also been to develop documentation and training, we decided to merge documentation, training, and user interface, user experience department together. Um, so we, I, I became sort of the, the manager of this department with about 15 people doing training, user documentation, publication work, and complete uh, user interface design. Okay, so you, you started out doing software engineering and then usability in, in interface design, and then just kind of added training uh, documentation tasks to that. Well, it, se it seemed to me always that it makes sense to combine those because uh, my take has always been, uh, I mean, documentation, user interface design, and all of this is sort of um, user-oriented and customer-oriented work. So it has to be uh, done with similar knowledge about the end customer, knowing uh, what they should know, and also then coming up with the right solutions for that. So. To me, it always made sense to combine this, and uh, I was lucky enough that the company supported that and also has seen the problem in a similar way. So essentially, we, we, we came up with, a, with the organizational structure that um, is still being debated in the field uh, 15 years ago, and it, it really um, proved to work well. So that, that is different, that you, you see the, the people who are writing training materials as on the same page as those people who are developing user interfaces. In a lot of companies, we have interaction designers and we have documentation people and they don't mix as much as they should. Do you see that as a common a common um, setup in many, most companies that, that those two departments don't mix as much as they should or do you think that's something that's more common now? No, in fact, I totally agree with you. Uh, unfortunately, mo most companies um, really s separate um, those these departments and the reason for this is is not because they, they they look at it as a from a profit perspective financial perspective and not from the process perspective or knowledge perspective um, typically a training department is a department that is making money same is true for support same um, and technical communication and publications department is always essentially on on the other side it's been an it's an investment is essentially um, spending money, but it's not, it, it's not really making money for the company. And that's why these departments tend to be separated. Sometimes they are also separated because people working in these departments don't see that they should actually work much closer together. And I believe that's wrong. So you feel that tech writers should be more involved in interface design overall? Yes. Let's put it this way. I'm, I would not say that the tech writer should be an interface designer, but I, I would say that the tech writer should work closely with an interface designer. Yeah. No, I, I agree for the most part, but actually this is a topic that's super interesting to me right now, just because my own situation, I, I have this question of roles and clarity, and should I be giving lots of usability feedback on prototypes, or should I just let the project manager, the I, the interaction designer, the quality assurance people handle that. And the reason I'm a little conflicted is that not because I don't feel that I could offer a lot of value, it's just that other people don't seem to 
require that kind of, um, they don't require that kind of evaluation from me. It's not my deliverable. It's not what I'm evaluated on at work. It's a, it's a, yeah, we'll, we'll take these suggestions. Sure. But really we want Tom to write and create (laughs) tutorials. Yeah. Um, if you could see me now, I, you would see me laughing because, um, or at least, um, this, this is a very common situation and a common problem. And, um, my, my take on this, or let, let me tell you how it worked for me. I mean, I, since I was a software engineer, I was obviously positioned slightly differently in the team and in the company. Um, I, I had the possibility to talk to the programmers, to the engineers in their language. And I, I could even tell them, Hey, that's how you should do it because I'm telling you that that's how it works. And then they would do it this way. But that's, that was from my perspective or for, for me personally, a privileged position. Um, later on, um, in, in my work, I always encounter different publication teams that struggled with exactly this issue. On one hand, they could provide um, let's say usability feedback and um, provide suggestions. On the other hand, they were stuck doing their own work and um, they, they had to finish their, their deliverables first. So my, my take on this is, yes, you definitely need to first do your job because this is where you are evaluated for. This is how, uh, where you, what you're paid for. On the other hand, that's not enough. Uh, doing what what you're told to do and what you're expected to do is and uh, in nowadays simply not not enough anymore you always have to do something more than what you're basically supposed to be doing and from this perspective i think it's it's incredible incredibly important that uh, technical writers who who seem and to, who have usability knowledge or see usability problems also communicate them talk to the engineer, talk to the program managers and, and simply say, hey, I'm trying to document something. And when I'm trying to document this, I just get totally confused. And I'm, I'm writing three pages to document something that should be three sentences. And everything's conflicting. So with this knowledge, they should definitely go to the program managers and tell them, hey, that's, uh, that's not how it should be. So I either document three pages and nobody's going to understand this or we do it like this or we make... Um, certain changes to the product. Now, there is a problem with this. The problem is that at the beginning, especially, people will not necessarily listen to you, especially if you have an interaction designer on the team. But on the other hand, if you establish a good rapport and a good working uh, relationship with these people, they will start listening to you and they will take your proposals into consideration. They will also include you much earlier in the development stage because they will realize that you add value, that you can help them design a better product. And that's where we, we all want to be. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, uh, what you said, that, that if you just do what you're told to do and, and nothing more, that that's the wrong way to go about it. Um, that caught my attention. So what exactly, what exactly happens if tech writers just do what they're told to do and just write the software manual, let alone anything else like a video tutorial or a quick reference guide. Because most project managers think I need documentation, I need a manual, that's it. So what happens if a tech writer just chooses that route? What's their future? Well, that's, that question has lots of different, different answers and possibilities. So let me, let me try to find the easiest answer to that. I mean, obviously in the best, in the, 
in the best case, nothing's going to happen. The best case would be a uh, tech writer is going to do technical writing and everyone's going to be happy with uh, what this person is doing. And they will evaluate their work based on, on the deliverables this person does. However, as soon as, let's say, the economy downtime comes, as it's coming now again, program managers and managers will simply look who's really adding more value, whom we can ask questions, who is really helping us to design better product, to, uh, to produce whatever we are doing cheaply, more effectively, who's looking at the work processes, who's a good member of the team, um, and, and is coaching others, is helping others to do a better job. And then, then they will say, okay, here we have a group of people who are proactive and we have a group of people who's not so proactive. And they will make the decision based on these criteria. Now, I'm not saying that, that everyone's going to get laid off. I mean, this would be definite, definitely too much. But also when it comes to career development, uh, only proactive people really have, have a potential to develop their career uh, either moving in different fields or simply progressing in, um, in their own field they're working on. And sometimes I have a feeling that, that many technical writers uh, either don't have really the drive, the, f the power behind to, to do this, which is okay if that's the mentality, personal mentality, but if they have this and they want to make change, if they want to influence something, then they definitely need simply to prove their value. And you can only prove your really value if you do something more than just what people tell you. Hmm. I, de I definitely agree with that. Um, so it, it seems like in order to prove, prove your value, you have to somewhat get out of your comfort zone and start inserting yourself into prototype design review type meetings and voicing your opinion where maybe people don't expect or initially want you to is, I mean, when people begin to make this transition where they're moving from just the tech writer to more of like an information design expert, um, how, how do, how do you do that? Do you just do, you, uh, ask to be included in meetings or do you just show up to meetings or, or do you just approach people at their desks and give lots of sudden uh, usability advice and feedback and suggestions? This is a, a very good question. And uh, basically you have to do all of this, um, but it always depends on whom you're working with and, and what kind of relationship you have to, uh, to the team you're working with. So it, it's impossible to me to give simply um, kind of five steps to to become an information architect or information designer and um, become respected in the team. Because here I'm already mixing two things. One is sort of professional career development or professional change in a, prof in a career. The other one is personal respect and acceptance in the team. These are all different, uh, different problems, different challenges that we have. And we, uh, when, when a technical writer decides or, or sees uh, the, the possibility to do something like this, uh, he obviously needs to evaluate simply the situation he is in and, and make certain decision, decisions. From my, my perspective, what, what, what is more of a no-go is, for example, to show that, that you are pissed off and that you're just kind of complaining and you want to be involved because otherwise uh, you will just complain even louder. That's something that just doesn't work. What's important is to show 
positive orientation, show the, the, the desire to help, show the desire to improve what the company is doing uh, in a positive way. And if you do things in, in, with, with this mindset, then most likely everything's going to work. And when I talk to technical writers, sometimes they say, I did all of this and, I, and it still doesn't work. Well, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes then you need to make the decision and say, can I make my career, can I make this change in the company I'm working with? And sometimes the answer is going to be no. Sometimes the answer is going to be I need to change the department because the department I work with at the moment recognizes me just as a technical writer and there's no way to, to make this career or personal change. The same thing happened, happened to me in Slovenia. I was manager of this user experience group but I was basically at the end of kind of, of my career and the only possibility I have was really to change the company in, in order to, uh, to move more into usability, to more even more into user experience work than uh, I had the possibility uh, at a company in Slovenia. Well, you know, your point about um, avoiding negativity is something that I think is especially poignant here. Um, I had an experience a while back where I was sitting in, in one of these prototype review meetings and I was somewhat new in this organization and they didn't really know what role the tech writer really played. So I was giving lots of feedback, but there was one tab or, or function in particular that I really disagreed about in terms of the name. People wanted to call it a certain name and I just thought it was the worst thing ever. And I voiced my opinion and I was pretty adamant about how that was the wrong way to go. And I think I did come across as negative and complaining and and being more of a problem in the sense of, oh, if we change that, we're going to have to redo all this other stuff. You know, a lot of times when you offer usability suggestions, it's not something that a, that a developer can change in 20 minutes, right? It's like, holy smokes, if we do that, Tom, that's going to take us, that's going to set us back three weeks in the project. And then nobody, nobody, nobody likes me then, right? And then it just seems like, I turn a little bit more negative. How do you spin your suggestions in positive, uplifting ways? Well, I would, I will actually take a step back and say that very often, um, as a usability person now, when, when you move into, into this area of usability, the usability traditionally has been mostly like seen as usability testing. So you will provide feedback on something that's already there, something that, that is a certain stage of design and providing feedback, especially critical feedback with, with best attempt to improve it, but still it's, it's a criticism of something that somebody did. Uh, and you can package it the way you want, it's still going to be criticism. So essentially one, one part of, of usability evaluation work has always been try to be very neutral and very, very factual with the feedback and try not to offend anybody. On the other hand, at certain points in time, you, you, will need, you will come in a situation where you need to say, okay, this is my proposal, this is how I will do it, and if nobody wants to follow this, you just need to take a step back and say, fine, then we, we leave it the way it is. So it's kind of... To me, it's always a trade-off uh, between if I have 20 comments and I want 15 of them to be implemented, which 15 I'm going to choose? And for those 15, I'm going to fight. For the other five, I'm going to trade them for something else. So at the end, that everyone's kind of happy with a compromise. 
I know probably this is not the answer you're looking for, but um, it's an important part of the decision making when you are providing feedback. Um, the second part when it comes to negativity is really try to um, always, as I said, be, stay, with, stay with the facts, show the examples where the problems are and never try to criticize people that already spent a couple of weeks developing something that might be really bad, but still they, they did their best. And the only way to change this is not essentially to provide feedback, but to, to show them that if they involve you earlier, then the both parties will come together to a solution that's going to make both parties happy. And by doing this, they're not going to get into a situation being criticized by you or arguing with you. How early do you think a writer should be involved in the process? Because I, I definitely agree. As you begin to offer all these these this usability feedback on prototypes, and especially if, if some of that feedback comes from things you've heard from customers and end users, then you become valuable. But I was in a project where they invited me at like a very early conceptual stage where they're still trying to figure out what kind of database to use. And I felt that I just was irrelevant at that point. So so I, I backed out and said, well, I'll just, I'll kind of come in from time to time. And when things are uh, relevant to me or more relevant to the project, when I'm relevant to the project, then I'll come back in. W- when do you see the ideal time to insert the writer into this process? If we, if we talk really about a writer, somebody who's going to develop documentation, <coughs> online help and typical publication deliverables, then I, w- I definitely agree with you that the point in time uh, should actually not be too early. Um, from my perspective, it makes sense to involve a writer once uh, the user interface starts being developed and designed and eventually as a sort of maybe participate at the meetings or look at the, the earlier deliverables when, when certain specifications are being written, like use cases being written or processes being designed or certain workflows being designed. But that would be on a, on a really review and uh, getting to know what's going on phase. Um, actual involvement shouldn't start when the user interface design uh, is being done. If we talk about a technical writer as somebody who also knows the customer and um, knows the requirements, knows the needs of the customer, uh, then the technical writer has to be involved much, much earlier before even the conceptual phase of the product design starts. When essentially the question is, what can we do to help the customer solve a specific problem? So I think a lot of the problem with understanding exactly when the person should come in is is tied to this name. If I say, if I call myself a writer, then people say, well, we're not ready to write documentation until midway through the project. But if I have the term design in my name, then I'll probably be more included in prototypes and, and, and critiquing those. And actually, in my department, we're going through a name change. So this, this issue came up. We said, should we call ourselves something like technical publications or technical communication? Or should we call, some, call ourselves something like information design or information development or information strategies and design or something? So do you, how, how, how problematic is the term writer uh, for people in this field? Should they resist that? and go for something different? What's your take on the name? 
I'm I'm definitely one of one of the people who has been criticizing the term technical writer for for the past almost ten years, um, but in the recent recent couple of years, I I kind of um, realized it's not about criticizing the term, but it's about knowing what the term, what the connotation behind the term is. So what kind of expectation does a certain title build in the audience or uh, or the team, and also for the person himself who's having this title and it's i think it's important to that that when you when you're designing titles and coming up with descriptions that you are aware uh, what kind of impact this title is going to have to what you do or is it going to have an impact because if you are at the moment doing technical publications writing manuals and writing online help and you rename yourself to be information architect nothing is going to change. That, that's not what you should do. If you decide to rename yourself into information architect, then you need to change the process that you leave, you need to change the deliverables you have, and you need to, to have a look at where in the, this whole de product development process you should actually be involved in order to be an information architect or information designer. So it it's kind of goes in both ways. What I, I disagree and don't support is simply renaming, changing the title, but still doing the same stuff. And that's what many technical writers actually have done in the last couple of years. They, they change their title to something that sounds more important, sounds more interesting, but they didn't really change the way they think. They didn't change the way they do things, and they didn't change um, th their approach to... To the product itself, they still believe they're there in order to write documentation. And if that's the case, then you can be information designer, but essentially you're still a technical writer. So if, if somebody starts to call him or herself an information designer, then that person needs to change their process so that they're actually doing information design that's as well yeah. as yeah. And especially they need to change they need to change their attitude towards information deliverables and the attitude to me is an information designer first and most mandatory role is to get rid of information deliverables to get rid of documentation to reduce it to the extent that it's really mandatory um, and that's not the job of a technical writer a technical writer is there to write documentation an information designer is there to provide exactly the information and, and just the information really needed and try to make sure that the product itself is already designed in a way that you don't need that much information. So actually I'm a little, I, I still see the term information design is a little fuzzy. Uh, so you're the way you're describing it, the information designer tries, the information designer's goal is to minimize the amount of information that is needed to the user. Yes, I mean obviously this is not in any way an official uh, description of the, of the term. What, what I'm trying to say is that when, if you are moving from, let's say, and, and this is again maybe too negative, but if we are moving from a, a relatively low added value title, job title like maybe a technical writer is, to something that sounds more fancy and, and is more matching, let's say, also software engineering or some other engineering titles, in the, then you also need to change your attitude to, to your deliverables, and meaning you need to start providing more value um, by 
critically looking at what you're doing and your deliverables and making sure that you are only doing what really has to be done and trying to make the, the core product itself a better product instead of in just improving your documentation about the core product. I definitely agree. And um, so now this, this takes me to the point where a person who, who adopts a fancy title needs to, as you say, get some facts behind them get some knowledge so that they actually have expertise and are doing that. Um, how would you suggest that tech writers gain this knowledge? Um, do you think they should take courses, read books? Um, is this something you think people just intuitively can do? How do, you, how do you make the transition into doing something more, whether it's information architecture or usability or information design? How do you how do you increase your your skill set in that area? I think the the, the major uh, thing to do is essentially to change your attitude. Um, the first thing you have to do is really to to say, okay, this is this is not enough what I'm doing. I need to do more. I I'm interested in doing other things. I want to learn more, and start with this attitude. It sounds it sounds trivial, but in my conversation with lots of technical writers, this is the attitude that I really missed. Um, it's perfectly fine to say, all I want to do is do technical writing. That's okay. It's a decision. But then you have to live with this decision. If the decision is, and your attitude is, no, I want to do more, I want to expand my skill set, then you need to you really need to make again this decision and say, fine, um, I, want, I don't want to do what I've been doing until now. I want to do something more. Um, getting the, essentially, if you are a good technical writer, then you already have a very, very good knowledge that's going to also make you a good information design, information architect, usability person, whatever. Um, knowing the audience, analyzing the audience, having the interview skills, having the, the capacity of, of simply capturing a huge amount of information and make it in then condense it in a form that the user will understand. These are the same skills that the usability person is going to have, that the user interface designer might need to have, that an information architect needs to have. There's a, a whole bunch of skills that come, however, to on top of that. And these are simply the really job specific skills. For example, knowing when it comes to user interface design, you simply need to know how, what, what are the essential, how, what's the principle of user interface design, what's the process, what are the typical deliverables you have. You need to know the user interface elements for different platforms, how to use them, what's a good way, what's a wrong way. And obviously you, you need simply to get lots of practice. And getting this practice is something that you can get partially at the seminars and courses, but it's also going to be again this something on top of what you're doing at the moment. So a typical transition would be you're still doing your job, normal job that you get paid for, but you also start sketching user interfaces together with the interface designer or a programmer who has to implement them. And by doing this, obviously you're gonna um, you're gonna learn, but it's your initial investment on top of on of what you're already doing, and that's something we discussed earlier on. Um, I'm. I'm all for courses and so on, but it, courses will not give you the knowledge you need to have in, in the working place. Courses will give you an overview at the end. You really need to dig into this, the subject and get your hands really dirty before you're going to be able to 
to really contribute productively to the team. I think there are a lot of writers out there, people out there who feel that writing is their strength. And they may say, well, these other fields are fine, but I'm a writer and I'm just going to focus on what I do best. Do you think that writing is a skill that in five years is still going to be valued? Or, I mean, is, is, this, a, is this a weak strategy for somebody, especially today where writing is everywhere? Mm, I have a, I have a somehow limited point of view on this, or I, I, I admit that my point of view is, uh, ha, is through special lenses, and the lenses I have are essentially by, and that I, I got by working for the companies um, where really the technical writers have never been particularly respected, let's put it this way. And having the skills to write has, has been accepted, has been acknowledged, but not respected. So um, if they could find somebody that would do this uh, cheaper and that uh, would do it still reasonably okay, they would be more than happy to, to switch and change the person. So my take on this is writing is something that essentially everybody should learn. To me, writing is, is, is a part of essential skills. And um, every business, every person working in the business, every scientist, every business analyst, every manager should be able to write at least decently. Now, I know when I say this, most technical writers start laughing and say, uh, my manager is never going to learn to write. And it's a question, how good? Obviously, a manager is no, never going to be a writer, but a manager should be able to at least decently write whatever the writing deliverables are that the manager has to has to do. So um, writing skills as part of those essential skills will definitely in the future not be as valued as some other skills, but will be kind of an expectation. If you come to a company as a technical writer, everyone expects that you know how to write. So nobody's going to say, wow, this person really knows how to write or this person knows how to write. But they're going to say, yeah, this person is doing his job. That's what he's paid for. Um, so in order to, to, to have skills that are really added value, uh, a technical writer needs to, I think, broaden the horizon and um, also gain, gain skills from, from other areas. The, the person doesn't have to become a usability engineer. If, if technical writing is what your passion is, what, what you like to, then go ahead and, and continue doing this. It's really important. It's important that whatever you are doing makes you happy, makes you, uh, fulfills you, essentially. And if technical writing is this, then that's really good. However, still go out and learn also other skills. You, you're going to gain much more respect. You're going to be much more able to, uh, to communicate better to other people. It's always amazing how, how people change their attitude if you're able to communicate with them in, in, let's say, a little bit of their professional language when they see that what you're talking about makes some sense that you also want to know what they are talking about and you don't just say, just let me know and I'm going to rewrite this in a better way. Well, I, I definitely can uh, echo the, the sense of being accepted but not respected for, for writing skills. I think what you say is right on target there. All right, Bogo, well, we've talked about a lot of things. Is there any points that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about today? 
Um, I, I will basically ask ask you the question. Um, you've been you've been doing lots of interviews with many people and lots of podcasts. Is there a theme that you see that has been it's emerging from talking to different experts, different people with different opinions? Can you would you say that uh, that the majority of of people have certain view on certain things, or uh, do we conflict each other strongly? What's your take on that? Well, my conversation with you reminds me of a conversation I had with Nos Urbina. Uh, last year at Doc Train West. And one of the things Noah said was that, uh, well, he wasn't so much encouraging writers to do more so that they have value and, and that they bring value to the organization, but that writers can do more as they gather more uh, user knowledge, as they get more information from users through all these other means. That then empowers them to be more more like valuable in their their feedback about design and prototypes we were actually talking about i think we were talking about other forms of communication like wikis and blogs and what's the ultimate value that those provide and you know is there a trend in in all these things yeah i mean i think i don't know that's a tough question (laughs) um but i i agree with so much of what you say and uh Yet it's it's not exactly that easy to put into practice because so uh, the roles that have been formed and the the assumptions that people have are, are often so ingrained and and when you start to do some of these other things when you start to get into design it is like almost stepping on other people's toes and jobs and but but yeah getting out of one's comfort zone doing something more even talking to end users all these these suggestions the trend is that people need to do more than just write definitely because if if people just write they it, first of all it can be somewhat boring but second of all it is it is limiting and it it leads to a career where as you say you're you're accepted but not really respected so I think that's a good phrase. I don't. I know that was uh, that was a wandering answer. I don't really have a clear answer on that one. Well, not, none of us has. <laughs> but, that's why I was just curious what uh, what you can say. You've been listening to Bogo Vadovic on Tech Writer Voices. For more information about Bogo, go to his site bobacon.com, and that link will also appear in the show notes. You can find more excellent podcasts online at i'dratherbewriting.com. Just click the podcast button on the top navigation bar. And note also that i'dratherbewriting.com features blog posts on a variety of technical communication topics. So if, if you've been one of those people who just listens to the podcast, there's a whole other dimension, whole other dimension to the site in form of written text. I always love to hear feedback on podcasts, so if you have any comments, questions, recommendations, anything that you want to communicate to me, drop me a line at tom at i'dratherbewriting.com or leave a comment on the site, maybe where you downloaded this podcast, or if you're feeling really bold, leave a review in iTunes if you download and use iTunes, leave a review there of the podcast. All right, thanks for listening.